0: You ready? Yes.
1: Five, four, three,
2: two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show offers listeners firsthand insight in starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny. An informative weekly blog where you'll read and comment on life as wife mother daughter and entrepreneur and now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business
0: thank you Jason like Jason said I'm Carrie McCoy and it's time for me to get up in your business before we start I want to introduce my co-host who you just heard from Jason Malik from Arise studio in Conway Arkansas say hello Jason hi Carrie if for some reason you miss any part of today's show, you or you want to hear it again, or you want to share it, there's a way, and Jason will tell you how.
2: Listen to all UIYB past and present interviews by going to flagandbanner.com and clicking on Radio Show. There you may join our email list or like us on Facebook, thus getting a reminder notification of the day of the show and a sneak peek of that day's guest. And if you'd like to be an underwriter of any UIYB shows, send an email to marketing at flagandbanner.com. That's marketing at flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie.
0: If you're tuning in to this broadcast for the first time, welcome. And if you're a returning fan, you probably know this next part by heart. And I'm sorry, but at the risk of being boring, we must repeat ourselves for the newcomers. And besides that, it gives my guest a chance to settle into their seat. This show up in your business with Carrie McCoy began as a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, my team and I thought it would speak to entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs And it does, but it seems to have a wider audience appeal too, because after all, who isn't inspired by everyday people's American-made stories? To see people in their totality is humanizing. We all thirst to connect and make sense of an overcomplicated world, and on this show, we have the luxury of time to go deeper than a mere soundbite or headline. And my favorite part, we always learn something. It's no secret that successful people work hard, but other common traits found in many of my guests are the heart of a teacher, belief in a higher power, and creativity because business in of itself is creative. My guest today, Mr. Tim Zimmerman, is a self-made American entrepreneur. He began work at age 19 as a delivery driver of a large industrial rubber distribution company in Arkansas. He worked his way up the corporate ladder at said company, eventually becoming vice president to this $48 million entity with 160 employees across six states. As we say at the end of every one of these shows, if you have a great entrepreneurial story that you would like to share, contact me. Well, Mr. Zimmerman did just that. Tim's email to me included a sentence that read, I'm a volunteer for SCORE. This is an acronym for Service Corps of Retired Executives, a long-standing, well-respected nonprofit that gives free mentoring advice to those who want to start or grow a small business. Having once in my early career been a recipient of SCORE's help and expertise, I was immediately intrigued by the thought of Tim sharing his business knowledge with our listeners, and I wanted to hear his rags-to-riches American-made story. He went on to say that in 2010, he took the entrepreneurial leap by becoming a minority partner in First Choice Drug Testing of Little Rock, Arkansas. Today, he's the sole proprietor, having since purchased the stock of the other shareholders and is living the American dream as owner and operator of his very own company, First Choice Drug Testing. And, as I said a minute ago, he's paying it forward with his volunteer work at SCORE. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table American dreamer, hard worker, and entrepreneur, Mr. Tim Zimmerman.
1: Thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It's Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) What a a way to start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've been called Kelly all my life. Have you really? Or Terry. Uh,
1: (laughs) They call me Kim a lot.
0: Why? Oh, Tim. Tim, Kim. Well, it's nice to meet you, even if you didn't get my name wrong.
2: It's all about being live.
0: It's all about what?
2: Being live.
0: Oh, I know. It is live. I love it. (laughs) Uh, From reading your history that you began work at age 19 as a delivery driver, I take it you didn't graduate from college.
1: I did not. Did you even try? No. I knew college was not for me. went to 12 years of Catholic parochial school right here in Little Rock. graduated from Catholic High and just absolutely hated high school. I just knew it wasn't for me. I knew I wouldn't apply myself, so I didn't even attempt to go to college. Just uh, back then, 81, unemployment was 10%, remember that? Mm -hmm. Couldn't hardly get a job, Mm -hmm. and uh, was working part-time when I got out of high school with Safeway, and my dad came to me one day, and he opened up an electric bill, and he he handed it to me. He said, here, Tim, this one's got your name on it. So you were living at home? exactly. So at 18, I moved out and Uh, uh, finally landed a full-time job with this rubber company as a delivery driver. One of my buddies worked there. So that was at the age of 19.
0: Did you you think, I really want to work at that company? Or did you think that company is close to my house? Or did you think?
1: It was a full-time job. That's all you thought? Yeah. Back then, those were hard to come by. My buddy worked there. He'd been there about six months. So it was a job. That's what I thought.
0: Yeah. You know, too many people have too many choices. When you have to have a job, it kind of takes the pressure off you to have to go, oh, should I take this job? Should I take that job? Should I not work? Should I work? When you have to work, you'll take a job, any job, and you never know where it leads you because the opportunities lie within uh, the effort you put out. And right. if you're not putting a lot of effort out because you don't have to or you've got choices, sometimes you miss opportunities.
1: had a great mentor tell me one time, and you've heard it, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Oh, I've never heard that. Have you not? No, yeah. but that's true. Very true.
0: So you took this job because your friend was working there and you didn't know what you were going to do. Um,
1: Yeah, you know, I progressed quickly. I I was the delivery driver. And from there, they put me in the warehouse where we fabricated and uh, pulled orders. From there, in just a few months, I went to inside sales. And it wasn't a few months later, an outside sales position came open because at the age of 21, I went into outside sales and I couldn't even put two sentences together. But I had to do it. I absolutely had to do it. I probably made A slow day would be 15 sales calls, and there would be days I would make 30 and 40, most of them. Driving around? Yes. Yes, outside sales. Door to door. door, Going to these factories, trying to get in, and 90% of them said no.
0: Did you have to pay for your own gas?
1: No, the company was good. They provided a car and expense account, but uh, it was just all. I
0: know how hard that is.
1: It's very difficult.
0: Why did you keep doing it?
1: Because I had to.
0: Because <laughs> you had to have money. I
1: had to have income to support myself. There was no choice, and there there weren't a lot of other options out there. Outside sales was a pretty good pretty good gig. You could make some good money if, if you could sell or if you could get orders. So I'd seen folks in front of me do well, and I saw a good opportunity, and I went for it.
0: Tell me about the first person you called on.
1: I don't know that I remember the first, but I certainly remember the first week when I knew nothing about the product I was selling.
0: What product were you selling? Uh,
1: industrial rubber products. We were selling conveyor belt, hose, gasket materials. I knew a little bit about it, but I, but I really didn't know a lot about it.
0: You knew about it because you'd been pulling product and it
1: held, sure. held it in your hand. Sure, and we had sales meetings every Monday night. So a lot of times the, the salesman would have to give the meeting. And there's no better way to learn something than to teach it. <gasps> oh, so if I'm you, writing that
0: down. If you want to
1: learn something, go teach it. Go so teach it. Yeah. Th- the first product I had to, to teach was just flat rubber stock, just plain old rubber, red rubber, neoprene, just the various rubbers that we sold in sheet form. So that first week, that's the product that I presented to my customers. And again, I was 21. I looked. 17, or 16, I was calling on people that were probably 40, but looked 60. (laughs) And I can never, the few that would let, would even see me, I I can see it now, they would just sit back in amazement and watch this kid fumble all over himself while he tried to sell a product he didn't know much about. But I had perseverance, And, and a few of them, a few of those folks took me under their wing. They they treated me like it was like a father son relationship, so through sheer numbers of cold calls and through sheer perseverance, I got orders. Every once in a while, I would just happen to be at the right place at the right time, and somebody would yeah I need this hose today. I'm glad you're here.
0: So, so I don't think people realize that um, that youthful that you felt was a handicap was probably an asset to some of these sales that you made because they saw a young whippersnapper trying to do good, and they're like, "Look at this kid working hard."
1: I remember a guy one time I was make, I made a sales call at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, and the guy came out holding my card, and he said to me, "I knew you were young." Nobody makes sales calls at 4 p.m. on Friday afternoon. <laughs> so he didn't give me an order, but he didn't forget me. I love that.
0: What, uh, so who was your first sale, and when did you start making commissions?
1: Um, we had a program where y- you, you were able to grow into commissions, so you got a fake commission check for a few months. Oh, a draw. Yeah, sort of. and then you had an opportunity. It was really quite ingenious you get to cho- choose when you went on commission. But once you went, you couldn't go back. Oh, yeah. So you had the opportunity, a month or two, you would see that, wow, if I was on real commission, it would have been more money.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, it was within six months. I don't
0: think they do draws very much against commissions yeah, today. I
1: don't really see that. Mm-mm. But probably within six months, uh, I took taken over a territory from a fellow that was 20 years my senior. And um, he, he just wasn't making his calls. So in about six months, the territory doubled, which wasn't a lot. It probably did 5,000 a month, and, and I got it up to 10 in six months, just simply f- from making calls.:
0: So you got noticed? Yes. So you got when you were a delivery driver, how did you get noticed to move into uh, the warehouse?
1: just uh, working hard I, I never i never stood still i can remember there was one day there was nothing to deliver nothing to do and i'm i'm not one to sit still so i just got a rag and started cleaning an inch of dust off of all the shelves in the warehouse
0: and the warehouse manager saw it and said i want that guy in my yeah. apartment And then from the warehouse, they were impressed with you, and the sales manager saw it and said, I want to put put, him into sales?
1: put me in inside sales on the phones. Because
0: you have to be a self-starter to be in sales. Yes. You never know who's watching, do you? No. So just always work hard at whatever you do? Exactly. And then you doubled the sales in your new territory in this old territory that you was new to you you doubled the sales and you got noticed again and then what happened
1: well we they decided to we were doing a lot of sales in northwest arkansas Uh, at that time fort smith was an industrial mecca with whirlpool and things like that over there so there was a lot of business over there the salesman that called in that area kept telling the owner we need a store there we need a store there fort smith is kind of cliquish they like to buy local So they decided to put a store in, and there were two people in front of me, and both of them turned it down. And then they finally got to me. Because they they
0: didn't want to move?
1: They didn't want to move. So they asked me, and uh, I jumped all over it.
0: And you moved?
1: Yeah, moved my six-month-old bride, who is an only child.
0: Oh, Matthew, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> He's married to an only and child.
1: At the time, I had no idea how hard that was for her parents, but they were so supportive. And that's so important, too. If, if your family's not supportive, you're going you're gonna to struggle. Yeah. So we moved to Fort Smith. I was 23 years old. We opened a branch operation, and I hit the ground running, uh, made sales calls uh, seven, eight hours a day, then came back to the warehouse and uh, did the wor- warehouse work because I only had myself my wife, and one other person. So she was working for you? She was working for me. She did all the books. And for free or? No. She was. Getting, you were paying her? Right. Oh, good. And uh, she was our delivery driver.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, so, so you she, got to see each other in the day. Because I was going to yeah. say, if you moved me to Fort Smith and then worked 12 hours a day, I'd be a little bit mad. So you got to see her at work. That's okay. uh,
1: not really, because I was out making calls all day long, Yeah, but you every were,
0: were kind of together. We were
1: talking all the time. Yeah. We were talking Are all
0: your things. parents entrepreneurs?
1: Um, yeah. My dad's an entrepreneur. He worked for Safeway for a lot of his life. He was a, a store, a, a meat cutter manager. He managed mm-hmm. the meat market. And they started downsizing, cutting people out. And at the age of 55, he told them to take this job and shove it, and he went and bought a sporting goods store. As you, you may know it, Max Swain's out on the England No Howard. way. He bought it from Mr. McSwain at the age of 55. Good and, for him. And did a really bang-up job with it. Is he a hunter? Yes, hunter, fisherman, whole family is. So uh, he is an entrepreneur.
0: But how'd you, what highway did you say McSwain's was on? On
1: Highway 70. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. off of 440 out
0: mm-hmm. there. Going to Stuttgart.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cater to the duck hunters.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. That's really great. This is a good place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Tim Zimmerman, president of First Choice Drug Testing in Little Rock, Arkansas. We'll talk about why drug testing is important to businesses, schools, courts, and rehabilitation centers, and maybe to your business. We'll hear about Tim's decision to leave the comfort of a very successful corporate career and strike out on his own. And last, we'll find out about his volunteer work at SCORE, the service corps of retired executives who mentor budding entrepreneurs and how you can get in touch with them. We'll be back after the break. Boost morale and patriotism with a new flag or flagpole from Arkansas's flagandbanner.com. We have polls, hardware, accessories, maintenance support, installation and custom flags. We have flags of all kinds for the sports enthusiast, the world traveler or history buff. We have them all. Bring in your old flag and get $5 off a new one. Consult the experts at arkansasflagandbanner.com. Come shop our historic location at 800 West 9th Street in Little Rock or visit us online at flagandbanner.com.
2: You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of Flag and Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting with door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. And now, a third of their sales come via the internet. This past year, Flag and Banner added another internet feature, live chatting. Over time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge grew. As early as 2004, she began sharing this knowledge on her weekly blog. And in 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom. And in 2014, Brave Magazine was launched. Today, she's branched out to the radio with this very production, podcast, and live stream on Facebook. Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guest about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. If you'd like to ask Carrie a question, share your story, or underwrite any of her past or present shows, send an email to questions at upyourbusiness.org or message her on flagandbanners.com Facebook page. Back to you, Carrie. Thank
0: you. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Tim Zimmerman, president of First Choice Drug Testing in Little Rock, Arkansas. Before the break, we learned that Tim's dad is McS- bought McSwain Sporting Goods out there on Highway 70. I just... Think Little Rock is so small. Uh, last <laughs> week, the girl I was interviewing—it turned out her daughter was my granddaughter's birthday pal at school. <laughs> and follow that. I mean, try to follow that. <laughs> so it was. It, <laughs> Little Rock's so small. I do love that about our town. But we also talked about how you didn't go to high school. How you uh, 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 necessity was the mother of invention, and that you had to invent, reinvent, or invent yourself after high school, and took a job. Um, as a as a delivery boy, that you worked hard and got noticed by the warehouse manager, moved into warehouse, and then you moved up to sales, where you are back in the old days when you used to actually able to make cold calls and go in and talk to purchasing agents. And uh, I really relate to that. That's exactly how I started my business. And and that you were doing that. And at the age of 23, you've been noticed and been and and were third on the list. Be offered a store in Fort Smith, Arkansas. What was the name of your company? Do you mind
1: saying by the name? No, of your company? no. Uh, we were part of a about a fifty store group, and we all went by the name of the city. So it was Fort Smith Rubber and Gasket oh. was the name of the company.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so when you in the beginning, I thought maybe you would tell people that if you want to get noticed, I knew you would say work hard and get noticed. But I didn't know if maybe you uh, another option would be to go to the human resources. Uh, department, but back then I don't guess that's really what you did. I don't even know if they had human resource departments to say I want to say I want to raise. I'm doing good, or to call attention to yourself. But that's not how you did it.
1: No, I I just worked hard and, and got noticed. Got noticed, and they had a fair pay scale, and they they compensated fairly.
0: So I love this about Warren Buffett. He is this geek that I am in love with. This geek. I love watching all the things he's. He's just the worst speaker that ever walked the planet. And I just love watching his YouTubes. And I was watching one of him while he was speaking to a group of MBA students at Harvard. And one of the students asked how to, how to go about getting a job after graduation. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, research the company you would like to work for Find one that fits you. It can be the location. It can be the product they sell. It can be the company's personality or the policies that they have that you like. And then get a job there of any kind, even if it's a janitorial job, and work hard, get noticed, and work your way up from within. And that is exactly what you did.
1: Exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. So we're up to, you've moved to Fort Smith. You started your own division. Because they kind of they gave it to you. You didn't have to put any money up.
1: Um, we actually were a branch, and a couple years later, they decided to incorporate. So the the company did very well. So I had to put very little money in it to get my ownership.
0: Oh, you did get some ownership. Yes. And uh, you were twenty three. And how did you begin to? You started with your wife who was working with you, and you, and then. had one other
1: fellow that moved with me from Little Rock.
0: And how long before? How, how many did you, employees did you end up with? <clears throat>
1: About fifteen, but when, when, I, when I left in '94, so around fifteen.
0: You've had no management training. None. How did you end up being a learning to be a business leader?
1: Well, you like make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you just don't make them twice.
0: <laughs>
1: that's that's how it works. Now, I had some folks, uh, some of my uh, partners, investors that you could call and get some advice from. But uh, mostly, you just did it by hard knocks.
0: What do you remember being the hardest thing when you first started? Because even though you're part of another company and you know the products and you're trained, you're still pretty on your own.
1: The hardest part is making that next sales call, forcing yourself. You have good days. You have days when you think, I could make a thousand calls today. The emotion is there. You're ready. And you've got those days you don't want to leave the office. So just forcing myself to make that next call.
0: On the days when you're full of self-doubt.
1: Yes. Um,
0: um, So your sales start going through the roof.
1: We did very well. Within six months, we were in the black. I had a pretty keen understanding of, for my age, of gross profit. And that's what it takes, gross profit to float a business. We had fairly low overhead. So within six months, we were in the black.
0: So gross profit is not net profit. It's why do you think it takes gross profit? That's just sales.
1: Well, it's, it's your percentage of sales. Well, true. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you've got a low gross margin,
0: mm-hmm. if you have
1: twenty percent, twenty five percent gross margin, your your cost is seventy five percent. You only got twenty five percent left Perfect. over to to get the net out of. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier if you. If, what one of my mentors told me. <clears throat> the higher your gross margin the more mistakes you can make
0: oh that's so, good so you, that's tweetable right so there so you do
1: you, it allows you to make more mistakes and still be okay
0: i don't think i learned to look at the gross profit for a while i think i always looked at sales oh look i'm selling a lot oh look i'm selling a lot even if i and and a lot of times i would maybe sell the product too low and it took me probably, I mean almost probably twenty years to realize there were some sales you did not even want to get if the if the gross profit mm-hmm. was not there.
1: As I mentioned, I was very blessed to get that very early in my business career. And those folks who put me in business taught me that very early. And so you kept your you kept your margins. Correct. We, high. Kept, we kept our margins. We were competitive, but we we didn't leave any money on the table.
0: Mm-hmm. Um did you have a lot of competition? It was before the internet.
1: There there was lots of competition in that our products were being bought through normally bearing supply chains. So most of our customers had never dealt with a company that just sold rubber products.
0: What's a bearing supply chain? Uh, you mean like bearing bearings, like yes, the round bearings? Yes. Oh.
1: Industrial supplies. I got gotcha. you. So when when you needed a hose or a piece of belt, you you would normally go to a bearing place to get it. That's where they always went.
0: Is that like Phones Brothers? Uh,
1: Phones no, Brothers? it's like um, it's motion, motion Industries today. Uh, Dixie Bearing, just large you know, okay. industrial distributors who uh, Granger would be a competitor Mm -hmm. so we had the task of educating our customers that you should really buy your bearings from a bearing company and your rubber products from a rubber company so we had to educate them uh because they weren't used to doing that we were the very first company that sold rubber products in the state of arkansas that was a new concept right. because
0: today people very people specialize a lot.
1: Yes. But back then it was not Back wasn't then so. it wasn't so, not especially in our industry. Now if you went to a much larger city, you would find companies that were devoted strictly Were
0: your products made in America.
1: About half and half.
0: Are the, yeah. is, is are these companies that you used to work for still around?
1: Yes. My two brothers still work for him. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got the whole family to come At along. one time, I had four brothers working.
0: All in it, Fort Smith for you? No,
1: at all different locations, and, and we're down to two.
0: So what do you think was your biggest strength? Well, I already heard you, liked, you, you understood gross profit, but as a manager, what do you think your biggest strength was?
1: Perseverance and just handling people and, and treating people like people. Like, like they would want to be treated and, and trying to make them as happy as possible because happy employees are productive employees.
0: So you're not talking about customers. You're talking about, so you had perseverance at going out and getting new business. Right. And you had you had understanding for your employees because you had been an employee. Right. I think it helps a lot when you've worked and you've been an employee. And, and
1: you've had good and bad bosses.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. So um your your weakest link when when you're managing.
1: Oh. I'm a little indecisive and I know that about myself. I I sh- sometimes doubt my decisions and I I don't like that about myself because most all most of my decisions are right. So if I would immediately go with what I'm thinking, I'm going to be right most of the time? I will make mistakes. Mm-hmm.
0: By the time you left, you had 15 employees. No, you didn't go to that. You After that, you moved up and became the CEO of this company.
1: Exactly. What so we, that was
0: only one part of your job. Right. You, how did you become the next, and what was your next title?
1: <clears throat> In 94, there were seven of these rubber stores throughout Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Memphis who had common ownership, and some of the older gentlemen wanted to be bought out. So... One of the CPAs came up with the idea of creating an ESOP. Are you familiar with Mm -hmm. ESOPs?
0: Employment. Yes. There's a lot
1: of uh, tax uh, advantages for exiting owners. So we put together an ESOP. We merged these uh, seven companies with 14 locations together. And I was one of the key figures in that. We decided to put the corporate headquarters in Little Rock, where one of the stores was the store I started at. And i knew eventually i was going to have to move back to little rock my children were very young fixing to start first grade and i wanted to go ahead and move back before they got older
0: so tell tell our listeners what an esop is
1: uh esop is employee stock ownership uh program when you see a company that says employee-owned company that Mm -hmm. means they're an esop Mm -hmm. so it means that some or all of the stock is owned by the employees. And they're given stock each year based on their salary and a lot of other formulas that uh, are, are very strict, held to strict code by the IRS.
0: I thought when a business owner sold, uh, decided to get out of the business and did ESOP, that
1: they didn't get very much cash when that happened. Um, no, these these guys got all their cash. Because they had a bunch <clears> in the bank, I guess. Uh, well, we had to borrow the money to buy them out. The employees bought, borrowed the money. Well, the ESOP borrowed the money. Yes. The ESOP borrowed the money, and the, the company collateralized it through their assets. Uh, they, they were the guarantor of the loan. The company's the guarantor. Mm-hmm. The ESOP is the borrower. And so they got their money, and as long as they invest that money in uh, uh, approved securities,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they avoid taxation.
0: Oh, I see. So,
1: so we were able to buy them out for about eighty cents on the dollar. So it's a good deal. Uh-huh. Um, what what and the hesitation with esops is you have to get you know you have to give stock to employees. That's why a lot of people don't do it.
0: And why would that be bad?
1: It's not bad if 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 you believe that, but you know there's a lot of uh, owners who who are not going to give up anything.
0: Well, but these owners were leaving.
1: right, but I'm talking the ones that stayed. So there were some that stayed. Yes, I was one of the owners. That We had about six or eight guys. What happened is when these guys sold their stock to the ESOP, that was about 40% of the company's stock. The other 60% was retained by about eight or 10 of us. Mm-hmm. So we still had that.
0: And you had the controlling interest, so you had...
1: Yeah, we had uh, the, the ESOP was uh, what we call pass, had only pass-through rights, so they had mm-hmm. no voting rights. The only, right, only time an employee would vote their stock is if the company had an offer on the table to sell, then they got the opportunity to vote yes or no.
0: And then when the employee retires or leaves, can they sell the, their stock? That's back? exactly
1: what happens. The, the ESOP is valued every year. We go through an audit and an evaluation that has to be approved. And then when an employee leaves, they sell their stock back to the company based on the uh, set value.
0: And uh, it's expensive to maintain, is it not? It is expensive. That's the reason that I would think people would not want to it, is because it's and it's an
1: actually an
0: expensive operating expense that's
1: expensive. Probably a hundred grand a year, is what? Yeah, it costs. you got to be a really you, you got to be company. pretty pretty good size. You'd have to do five million plus to consider an ESOP, I would think.
0: At least. Um, so you so you did move back to Little Rock.
1: Move back to Little Rock. We set up corporate headquarters here in Little Rock. Uh, came back as a vice president of operations and uh, continued to basically, at that time, we had seven stores. Uh, We grew, when I was there, up to 12 locations, and I kind of managed the managers. Some of the stores were just a couple of employees, and uh, some of them were like Fort Smith that I left that had 15 employees. Actually, my brother still runs that store.
0: All right, I got to find out why you decided to leave. This sounds like a dream job come true. You've been there, I don't know, probably 20 years by now. How long?
1: 25.
0: 25. So, but look, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll find out why he left and why he went out on his own. Uh, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Tim Zimmer, and President of First Choice Drug Testing in Little Rock, Arkansas. We'll talk about why drug testing is important to businesses, schools, courts, and rehabilitation centers, and maybe insurance companies, and maybe you. And last, we'll find out about his volunteer work at SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives, who mentor budding entrepreneurs, and how you can get in touch with them. And you can hear that he is smart. He may not have an MBA degree, but. He can talk the talk. We'll be back after the break. Boost morale and patriotism with a new flag or flagpole from Arkansas's FlagandBanner.com. We have poles, hardware, accessories, maintenance support, installation, and custom flags. We have flags of all kind for the sports enthusiast, the world traveler, or history buff. We have them all. Bring in your old flag and get five dollars off a new one. Consult the experts at Arkansas's FlagandBanner.com. Come shop our historic location at 800 West 9th Street in Little Rock or visit us online at flagandbanner.com.
2: Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. This weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners firsthand insight in starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people shared in a conversational interview with Carrie. Along with this radio show, flagandbanner.com publishes a free biannual magazine called... Brave. First published in October 2014, this magazine celebrates and inspires readers through its human interest in storytelling. The Department of Arkansas Heritage recognized Brave Magazine's documentation of American life and microfiche's all editions for the Arkansas State Archives. Free subscription and advertising opportunities for the upcoming Spring 2019 edition are available at flagandbanner.com by selecting Magazine. Where you can read previous stories and learn about advertising opportunities. Back, but to you, when you get ready to sell.
0: "Thank you," you've been listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Tim Zimmerman, President of First Choice Drug Testing in Little Rock, Arkansas. So, before the break, we talked about um, Tim uh, going up through the ranks at this rubber company and ended up getting to be an owner of it and uh, moving in Fort, living in Fort Smith with his uh, with his wife was an only child who moved there with him we just got to give kudos to her and then and to her father and mother and then they moved to little rock and uh he's now the working at uh, this rubber company it's 48 million dollars in sales am i right
1: that's that's what i left that's what we were doing 48
0: you're living in little rock your kids are probably pretty grown uh, you told me before the break that your dad at 55 quit Corporate Safeway Stores, where he was a manager of the meat department and bought McSwain's Sporting Goods in Stuttgart. And now I got to figure out why you're leaving this great company that you're part owner in to go out on your own.
1: It was unvoluntary.
0: Oh, who'd you make mad?
1: Well, the fellow that was the president. Uh, That'll do it. He's the one that hired me. You
0: were the vice president, correct? And so y'all had a dis- disagreement.
1: Yeah, we started not getting along.
0: Uh, you didn't like his business practices.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. It, it, we were going in different directions, and uh, I'm not sure. You know, we'd been together a long, long, long time, and uh, myself and three or four guys that grew up together were in upper management. And my theory is he was threatened by that. So he got rid of all of us,
0: every one of y'all, within wow. a
1: two-year period. Did
0: it hurt the company?
1: Not, I don't think so. I don't really know. My brother still work there. I, you would have to ask them. Well, you
0: didn't get rid of one of your friends. You left your brother.
1: Yeah, my two of my brothers are still there. So
0: y'all don't talk at Christmas dinner about I, how the I company's doing.
1: No, I don't bring it up. That's 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 no longer a part of my life. And uh, he just, I just. Even when we do talk about it, I talk about with when I run into old friends that are still in it, I don't even like to talk about it.
0: That's been there, done that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I am, that is my mantra, so what, what now? That is my mantra. But you
1: mentioned the higher power, that, that happened July of 07, you know, when everything crashed in <gasps> 08. Yes. So I mentioned the ESOP earlier, they had to buy my stock out. I had a considerable amount of stock so the next year the stock dropped 40 percent. so somebody was looking out for me wow so if it was going to happen that was the year to happen
0: that was right at the peak right before the bottom fell right before the correction correct or the banking crisis whatever you want to call it right uh well i wondered when i was researching you if something like that happened because before you started the business you have called first choice drug testing You went to work for two years as the general manager at CC Commercial Cleaners.
1: Yes, a good friend of mine that I had met. His son actually worked for us at the rubber company. It's how I met him. And we both are car guys, had a passion for cars. So, and he worked about a block from the rubber company. So I went over there and introduced, actually gave him a ride in my Dodge Viper one day. And we just became instant friends. So when I lost my job, I, I floundered for a while. I had a non-compete that we wound up going to court over. So I couldn't do a whole lot of anything. So finally, after six or eight months, he said, well, why don't you just come to work for me? So I went to work for him.
0: Do you sell cars on the side?
1: No, but but I know the folks that do.
0: There's a Tim Zimmerman online that sells cars. Yeah.
1: There's a Zimmerman Motors as well.
0: Oh, that's what it must be, yeah. Zimmerman Motors. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I know John and those folks, but we're not related.
0: When you said you love cars I thought are you the Zimmerman no. you have how many businesses do you have <laughs> <laughs> So you go to work for this guys let's tell everybody what this company does
1: They sweep parking lots they're a parking lot sweep he's the largest parking lot sweeper in the state of Arkansas he's got about 20 trucks And if you see a sweeper truck running around a Walmart parking lot in the middle of the night, that's his guys.
0: Yeah, it's a cool business. Yeah, it really is. I have a friend that works for a sweeping, I don't know if it's this one, and it's perfect for their marriage because she works in the day and then comes Mm -hmm. home and he leaves at night and goes and sweeps
1: parking lights
0: all night. And so then they see each other on the weekends. Yeah. I thought I've never ever thought about that. About somebody's gotta be cleaning those parking they lots.
1: Do? You don't think about so it. So
0: you worked there for two years and you did a lot of good things for his company.
1: Yeah, we we uh, you know I worked with sales, I worked with the guys, I I just treated it as if it were my own because you know Jim's just such a great guy and he really he really had it in mind for me to take it over. It's really what he wanted.
0: But you didn't want to why?
1: Oh in that business all the work is not done Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. It's yeah. all done other hours. And I'm a firm believer that if you're going to run a business, you should be there when the business is being run. Yeah. And I didn't want to work. Nights. I did not want to do it.
0: It didn't fit your lifestyle. It did not. I agree. I wouldn't have done it either. There's not enough money in the world right. to make me want to do that. Some didn't. people are night people, though, but I'm right.
1: not. I'm not. And, and fortunately, I didn't have to do it.
0: Yeah. So how did you find out about first choice drug testing?
1: Well, I uh, some fellas that I grew up in the same neighborhood with had this little drug testing company.
0: You have a lot of successful friends in your life.
1: And they knew me. They knew my background mm-hmm. and knew where I'd been. And so they, the, the company was struggling, and they just fired their manager. So they came to me and asked me to run it for them.
0: They got a... Great guy for probably cheap.
1: Well, I told them no. First, I told him to bring me the financials because yep. I'm a numbers guy. Yep. It's all about the numbers. There was nothing there. Yep. So I said no, and they kept asking me, and I kept saying no. And then finally, one day, they said, well, what if we gave you part of it? I said, I'm interested. So they gave me 25%, and I started running it. And it was, they had a lot of things going for them, a lot of tools in the shed, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I could see... I did a little research on the market mm-hmm. and the competitors and the gross margin. Mm-hmm. And I could see there was some opportunity in the city. So I uh, started running it and uh, over time bought them all out.
0: That list you just said is a great list for people to use when they want to look at buying another business. You looked at the competitors.
1: Got to look at competitors. I looked at that harder than anything. Um, you looked at the market. Looked at the market looked at the gross profit, the gross profit and said, okay. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about that business. How old is it now?
1: It was started in 06. So it's,
0: oh, it's getting old. Yeah,
1: 13 years old. I've it's been there the- since ten, two thousand ten.
0: 2010. Uh, what tell me about the market?
1: Um, drug testing is, uh, we primarily test Mostly for employers. We do do some criminal or some court testing, some personal testing. But the bulk of our business is employers. And there are lots of employers that are mandated to test. All federal employees, uh, truck drivers, uh, train operators, airline pilots, they have to be tested. Thank goodness. Right, exactly. Um, And more and more companies I would say the trend is ticking up on who does test versus who doesn't.
0: Pharmacists need to be tested. Yeah,
1: all, all medical uh, nurses, doctors, anybody who has access to prescriptions, you'll find that they normally have a fairly robust testing program.
0: We don't drug test, and I'll tell you why. Because marijuana is one of the things that you test for, right? Correct. And they can use that against one of my employees if, by chance, they happen to get hurt on the job and had to go to the emergency room. If we had drug testing in place, they would drug test them, and the insurance company could use that against them if they found marijuana or something in their bloodstream. Right?
1: Correct. Correct.
0: And it could be marijuana from two days
1: ago. That's correct. Doesn't mean
0: they were high at work.
1: That's correct.
0: And I don't feel like flag and banner should be in people's lifestyle that much.
1: Hmm. There's, everybody has a different opinion on oh, that. Oh, sure. You know. The, sure, you, I don't know that I'm right. Yeah. Um, you know, the drug testing industry's uh, stance on medical marijuana, any type of, Marijuana, legalized marijuana, is that it's illegal federally, mm-hmm. and and the problem with it is, if you test positive, just as you said, I don't know if you smoked five minutes ago or five days ago.
0: Is it that stay in your system that long? How long oh, does it stay? It
1: can stay. 30, they say thirty days, 30 but, but we. Yeah.
0: Oh look, Radio Jesus knows he's already researched
1: but it. We we've had <laughs> uh, we've had folks that it's stayed up as long as ninety. Oh, oh wow. that's they're lying. No we tested them every week. So no they're not lying. It's, it depends on your metabolism, your body weight, the strength of the marijuana you use, how much you
2: use.
0: Oh and it's good these days. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go Those near I wouldn't go near that stuff. That's not like it was when I was in high school. Exactly. <laughs> you can smell guys in the grocery store walking by yeah. you and you're like what?
1: Mm-hmm. but you know there's some things to consider a lot of companies have moved towards saliva testing especially for marijuana because mm-hmm. it only has a detection window of two or three hours oh, so a lot wow. of companies are, are starting to move towards well, it that It
0: lowers your insurance rate doesn't it if you drug test
1: insurance carriers like for employers to drug test and hey. there there is a program uh, Arkansas workers comp Drug-Free Workplace Program, if you follow that program, um, the insurance carrier has to give you 5% off your insurance.
0: If I had a lot of employees, five, and I offered a lot of insurance, right. I would have to do that. It would just make good business sense. I don't have that right. problem or...
1: In a lot of cases, that 5% would cover the cost of your drug testing.
0: Oh, it'd be just enormous.
1: Yeah, lots of money.
0: It could be really big. So uh, you've implemented operational efficiencies, like what? You've uh, provided employee motivation to help form a company culture of growth and prosperity. You've improved and reflected on increased sales and improved the bottom line, because that's what you do. And uh, like you said, you or did you say it you bought everybody out yes
1: yeah my son decided he wanted to get involved and when that happened uh, I didn't I I knew I could grow it I just hadn't really focused on growing it when I had partners because that would just increase a a higher deficit for me to buy them out in the future oh that's a good point so when he decided to get involved then I approached my last partner and, and and we struck a deal and I bought him out So that was about a year and a half ago, so now we're in growth mode.
0: With your son? Yes. Just like me with my sons. Isn't it nice? Yes. I like it, too. You get to see your family and work with them. Is your wife still working there?
1: No, she does not work there. Um,
0: So I know you're creative. I know you're always thinking. What are you thinking you're going to do with the company next? What's your plans for you and your son? What are Mm -hmm. you all
1: cooking up? We're just growing it. We we just we're getting involved in more occupational health. We we just uh, purchased a van that has six hearing booths in it. We're doing hear- a lot more occupational stuff, uh, hearing bo- doing hearing t- site testing on site. That's nice. Uh, we do a lot of physicals. I've got a couple of docs and uh, APN who work for me uh, on a ten ninety nine basis. So that's we do. That's nice. So we're looking at to growing the occupational side and what that's going to do as as we get more occupational work, it's going to drive the drug testing. We're going to be able to get those people's drug testing business by getting in there on the occupational side. Do you
0: get flu shots? Yes. So you'll come out to the, to a job site and give flu shots to everybody? We
1: do a lot of on-site work. Oh, we, wow. we're, we'll we come out uh, and do anything that you want. As a matter of fact, we're doing 10 physicals. I'm dragging a doc out next week to a company and we're going to do all his people's physicals. At Why?
0: Him. For his, uh, for insurance purposes?
1: These are for uh, DOT physicals. What's DOT? Uh, Department of Transportation. If you drive a commercial vehicle oh, that is over to- 10,000 pounds, you have to have mm-hmm. what's called a medical card. A lot of people call it mm-hmm. a medical card. So you have to Have a physical um, in order to get that medical card. We
0: don't want you having a heart attack when, right you when you're driving a big rig. Exactly. So, who else needs your services? Insurance companies, uh, 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 doc-
1: trucking, uh, airline, any of the DOT, uh, which is trucking, Coast Guard, pipeline. Uh, this seems unlimited to me. It really is. Uh, any Most of your, anybody who's in a safety sensitive position, most manufacturing plants who have a uh, Manufacturing equipment, they want their people drug tested for safety.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, most of people who are, that's primarily it is, 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 so you is got safety, safety sensitive, anything, anything safety s- sensitive. Mm-hmm. Any drivers, a lot of companies who even drive personal or company vehicles, they mm-hmm. want them tested. A lot of people, when they have an accident, they need a test. I've got collectors that are on call. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. so we get called out in the middle of the night. If you if you see on the news, big truck, big wreck, yeah. it might be us out there doing the testing because they have to be tested quickly.
0: And the EMTs wow. can't do that?
1: No. This is, uh, if it's federal DOT testing, you have to be a DOT-certified collector, and you have to have the training, and you have to have the breath alcohol device that is DOT-approved.
0: Are these people all have training to do that? I mean, what kind of training do they have to get to come to work for you?
1: Yes, we train them. We you train, train them. Yeah, we train in-house. The DOT's uh, training is fairly loose. It doesn't specify. It, it, it gives you some pretty broad guidelines. So we do our own training.
0: How many employees do you have now?
1: I've got six full-time, and then I've got about eight that work on a 1099 basis when I need them.
0: So you're just going to keep it blowing and going. Did you get any surprises when you started this business?
1: Mm. None that come to mind. Well, it shouldn't have been a surprise is, is how weak the competitors are.
0: Oh, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I was going to ask you, who are your competitors? Uh,
1: most drug or a lot of drug testing is done at urgent care centers, which are really medical facilities yeah. that do drug testing. And when's the last time you went into one of those places and got service? how long did you have to wait when you went in there? Did they really treat you like a customer? Well, what I've done is I've brought my industrial, my level of service in the industrial world. If you didn't have customer service, you didn't have a business. Yeah. You, you said yes to everything. And I brought that level of service to this little drug testing company, which nobody had seen. And so now people love us.
0: You going to go across state lines, or can you?
1: No, I don't want to. You don't. I, 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 I learned a long time. I mean, I did all that. We, you know, we did the 160 employee thing, mm. and, and you know, you, you look back and
0: <clears throat> lost its fun.
1: Yeah, and and I was a lot happier when I had ten or twelve people there in Fort Smith mm-hmm. when it was just me.
0: Let me take a break and say you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Tim Zimmerman, president of First Choice Drug Testing in Little Rock, Arkansas. I want to talk about SCORE. You started working for or volunteering for SCORE.
1: Tell our listeners what SCORE is. SCORE is a nonprofit. We are a resource partner for the Small Business Administration, so our funding comes from the SBA. What little we get. They've been around since the early 60s.
0: I've tried to figure that out. I could not figure out when they were. Yeah. Hey, listen, Tim, before we go on, tell people how they can get in touch with you, and we're going to re- wrap it up again. How do people call your score services? <clears throat> There's, not your score services, your drug testing services.
1: Just uh, firstchoice-testing.com. Oh, okay. Get anywhere there, or the number's 501-661-9992. Say the website again. choice dash. Testing. I hate that dash. Yeah.
0: But um, we're going to put it on the flag and banner website also for people to be able to, to to get it. And we'll recap it again here at the end of the show. We'll say it again. But let's go back to score. um, um it's, it started in the 1960s.
1: Early 60s. It's got
0: SBA support? I
2: didn't know that. Are,
1: we are what's called a resource partner for the SBA. Mm. So, um, yes, our funding comes through the SBA. We're very uh, intertwined with the SBA. Our office is at the SBA office. Oh. So um, we're a nonprofit, and what we do is we try to help people who want to grow a business or start a business, and we do that through education and mentoring. And uh, we just, just walk through people through the process and try to help them know what they don't know.
0: Know what they don't know, boy, not the truth. Um, do you help them write a business plan?
1: Yes, yeah, we'll help them with plans. We don't do the work for them, but you don't. we're going to give them plenty of tools to show them how to do the work.
0: Do you but the small what used to be called the SBDC? A Now it's something else I think. AB S-B-
1: A-S-B-T-D-C.
0: Yeah, it's got a T in it for technology
1: now. Yeah, it Now, really, they're, they're also a resource partner for the SBA.
0: They will actually help you write your business right. plan, I think, get down in the trenches with you, yes. I believe. Or mm-hmm. at least they did for me 40 years ago. We
1: work very closely with them because they are also a resource partner.
0: What made you decide that you wanted to start volunteering? I have volunteering?
1: always had a desire to give back. I always felt like this is something I needed to do. Always. And I've never found anything that really spoke to me from a volunteer standpoint. I even thought about going to the TDC and volunteering. And then I saw a commercial one day about SCORE. Had no idea it existed. What? Had no idea. Wish I'd have known when I was 23. Yes. I could have used them. And so I uh, just uh, called them up and volunteered.
0: Well, maybe today someone's listening that didn't know about them. Exactly. I think that was your big motivation for coming on, or at least that's how you started your email to me, that you, you're a volunteer at SCORE. And me, having used them when I was in my 20s, was like, I know that. Oh, wow. I think we're getting a phone call. Do you see a flashing light? Yeah, I do. Let's see if there's a caller there. Do you know how to answer it, Jason? I don't
1: think
0: so. Hello, caller, can you hear me? Yeah,
2: I got
0: you. Okay, good. you have a question for my uh, guest?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, God first. Uh, I want to uh, let you know that I, I'm Adrian Brewer and I was just listening to the show and I wanted
0: to
1: find out about that small business
0: uh, help uh, yeah the mentoring the score s c o r e how do you get in touch with them
1: Just go to Little Rock score excuse me littlerock.score.org okay stand by let me see if I can grab a pen real quick.
0: And and it'll also be on flagandbanner.com's website, too. We'll put a link in there for you. But uh, have you got a pen yet?
2: Yes, stand by the here.
0: Are you in the Flag and and Banner showroom?
1: What'd you say? You help with business plans? Because I run a small business. Yes, we can help you. And uh, I'm talking about, I am so
0: lost. I know how to do the business, (laughs) but I'm talking about, as far as the business aspect of it, I love it. Come on. You got your pen yet? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay.
1: Uh, just call uh, our, our The okay. easiest way to reach us is to send us an email. And it's okay. Little Rock Score, all ran together, Little Rock Score at sbcglobal.net. What is the phone number? It's a 501-324-7379, extension 302. Say that again, because I bet he can't write that fast. 501 501- 324-7379 extension 302. Got it. All
0: right. Thank Co- you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, caller. Yep, bye. Well, that makes me feel good about myself today. I don't know about y'all. I got a gift for you. Here it is. Cool. It's the it's a desk set. For the U.S. and Arkansas flag to put in your office at awesome. your at, at uh, your first choice drug testing office shelf. Thank you very much for coming on. Boy, I enjoyed talking to you. We could talk a long time. Yeah, I think could. I could. Re- I relate to you so much. I can much. see. Um, who's our guest
2: next week? We are replaying the interview from one year ago with Mr. Walter Hussman, publisher of the Democrat Gazette newspaper in Little Rock, Arkansas.
0: Walter Hussman is a third generation newspaper man and a giant in the newspaper business. He has two claims of fame. If you, I listened to his show again just this morning when I decided to play him again next week, and it is a wonderful show. He, uh, he has two claims of fame he mer- he merged the Arcan- arkansas gazette with the democrat newspaper one of the biggest newspaper wars in america he navigated that and wow. was a he was literally david against goliath and he won and <laughs> seriously <That's> and awesome. <laughs> navigating and he navigated the business change from print to online subscriptions during the dot-com boom and he mentored other newspapers on how to do it he is a rock star Uh, Jason, will you tell our listeners how they can become a part of the show?
2: If you have a great entrepreneurial story, you'd like to share with Carrie, like Tim did today. Uh, You can send a brief bio to questions at upyourbusiness.org, message on flagandbanner.com's Facebook Or make a comment on Carrie's blog.
0: Thank you, Jason. And lastly, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me and Tim. If you think this program has been about you, you're right. But it's also been for us. Thank you for letting us fulfill our destiny. Our hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up.
2: You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. If you miss any part of the show or want to learn more about UIYB, go to FlagAndBanner.com and and click on Radio Show, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to her weekly podcast wherever you like to listen. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Underwriting opportunities available upon request. Kerry's goal is to help you live the American dream.